The devotees are celebrating Gaur Purnima, the appearance day of Lord Chaitanya. He is Krishna himself, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, not a mere expansion of Lord Vishnu. In his original form, Krishna appeared 5,000 years ago. In Bhagavad Gita, he explained why he descends. Whenever there is a decline in religion and an increase in irreligious principles, I descend myself. <coughs> Lord Chaitanya appeared for the same reason. In addition to some confidential reasons, the external reason for Krishna's appearance was to rescue the devotees and slay the demons. He slayed the demons by violent means. He cut off the head of Sisupal with his Sudarsan chakra. He broke the beaks of the gigantic duck, Bakasara. He and Balaram killed the ferocious donkeys Krishna danced on the heads of the Kaliya serpent until they were bloodied and he almost expired. In many other bellicose ways, Krishna slayed the demons and delivered them. The internal reason for Krishna's descent was to associate with his dear most devotees the residence of Vrindavan. The external reason Lord Chaitanya descended was to deliver the fallen souls in Kali Yuga by spreading the congregational chanting of Hare Krishna in love of God. Only Lord Chaitanya and his associates can do that. But he had internal reasons also. When he appeared as Krishna with Radha, there were three desires that he could not fulfill. Being the male lover, he could not fully understand the position 
of his feminine counterpart, Radharani. He also could not comprehend his own personal beauty, which so much attracted Radharani. When they were together, they experienced unlimited bliss. But the happiness Radharani felt was a million times greater than what Krishna felt. In order to taste the mysteries of Radharani, Lord Krishna took the form of Lord Chaitanya 500 years ago. He is none other than the combination of Radha and Krishna. Sri Krishna Chaitanya, Radha Krishna Nahayanya. Lord Chaitanya appeared in the golden complexion of Radharani and he was always immersed in the ecstatic mood of Krishna in separation from Radharani. He shared these confidential states with his closest associates, Swarup Damodar, Ramananda Rai, and a few others. In the last 12 years of his manifested appearance, he intensified these moods <coughs> so that he acted like a madman, talking directly to Krishna and transforming his body into physical shapes of ecstasy. By displaying intense separation from Krishna and spreading wildly love of God by chanting the holy names. Lord Chaitanya revealed the highest peak of Krishna Prema. His influence has spread worldwide in the form of the Hare Krishna movement with millions of devotees chanting Hare Krishna and performing the highest welfare work as is given by Lord Chaitanya. <coughs> that welfare work is to teach people they are not their bodies but spirit souls, servants of Lord Krishna. Lord Chaitanya and they should tell everyone they meet to chant Hare Krishna. The scriptures prophesy size that in the age of Kali Everyone in every town and village 
who chant the names of Lord Chaitanya. There will be a golden age for 10,000 years in which the Hare Krishna movement will be prominent and the ill effects of Kali Yuga will be subdued. The great pioneer who took Lord Chaitanya's mission out of India was A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada and he gets the credit for forming his Khan. worldwide movement of Lord Chaitanya. We who are followers of Lord Chaitanya and Srila Prabhupada are very fortunate and we should take up the duty of spreading the message of the Lord Chaitanya and his Sankirtan movement. It is very interesting that with the appearance of Lord Chaitanya, you see that God himself has aspirations and that he wants to become a devotee. That's what he admires. And what he's entranced by is the feelings that devotees have. He says, I'm in the, in the one that they worship. I can't understand this, uh, but I really appreciate them so much, and I think they feel more bliss than I do. <laughs> and I don't want to be left out of that. So because he's God, you can't stop him. <laughs> so he decided, well, let me, let me uh, become a devotee. See what it's like. Uh, so this is his tribute. Uh, so, of course, in the material world, everybody's working on God projects. Let me become the biggest. Let me become the greatest. Whenever I am, I can make advancement by getting more money or getting more followers on Facebook or getting whatever your metric is <laughs> to be the lord of all you survey and sometimes you just survey very little but you you manage so this is uh, this is what people are wanting to become God but God wants to become uh, a devotee and what we learn from that 
how to become a devotee. Uh, Lord Chaitanya w was trained as a teacher. You know, he was an academician, basically. Although the field, his his field of specialty, turned out to be a very humble one. Grammar, which uh, was put down by other people as Shishu Shastra, its teachings for children. <laughs> It wasn't a high status, uh, you know, like Vedanta or even rhetoric or, you know, it was like Shishu Shastra. And in a way, his teachings is for spiritual children also. It's, uh, and, and to me, his made it very, very simple in his, uh, the, the word, the word shiksha, by the way, is one of the Vedangas, and it means just learning the alphabet. That's shiksha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like the very simple beginning thing. Uh, uh, so it has that particular name of the title of the Vedanga, is shiksha. And, uh, and then he gave eight instructions, uh, which is interesting too because Panini's grammar has eight parts. It's also called Astika. Which if you say Astika, it means you're talking about, you know. So I think of the Shistastika prayers as the kind of very short grammar hmm. of transcendence, you know, of, of how to say that uh, the names of Krishna uh, uh, properly. And very interesting when you look at the Shishastika prayers because the first one has got this, you know, tells you the eight benedictions that come uh, when the, the name of Krishna is chanted. Cheto Dharpana Marjanam, first of all, the heart will be cleared of all dirty things. You should see this happening. Bhava Maha Davagni Nirvapanam, the miseries of material existence should start to decrease, uh, and so on. He gives uh, one of the, 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 the benedictions uh, of these, uh, of the Shastaka. Param Vijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtanam ends on this ex exultant. Uh, Wonderful, you know, let this uh, chanting of uh, Sankirtan be victorious. Uh, it's like a benediction. Let it be victorious. Uh, and the word Sankirtan, by the way, doesn't just mean uh, chanting uh, out in the streets. Uh, it changes as meaning has changed sometimes. I remember once when I was in one of our temples when I became a GBC and a devotee came up to the temple president and asked uh, uh, and asked uh, if he could have the van to go out and distribute some books in the airport. And the temple president says, no, we need it for Sankirtan. And what he meant was going out to the baseball game and distributing baseball hats and yeah. team... <laughs> Sankirtan meant, that's when I realized, I was standing there when it happened, oh my God, the meaning of the word Sankirtan has changed, it brings in money for the temple. It's called Dharma Shaglani, we've been through periods of that too. You know. So, 
But the, san, the real meaning of Sankirtan is two things. W one is you do it together. San is, uh, uh, means together, together in association of devotees or a group of devotees like that. And it also means, san means when san is done, when something is done fully or completely. That's Sankirtan. That's the other meaning. How, 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 so both of those meanings actually apply of, of, of Sankirtan. Even if you never go out on the streets, you can have Sankirtan. And you can even have Sankirtan with just a few people and you know, whatever. Reading together, that's Sankirtan. Uh, so thoroughly and completely. So the, anyway, he gives these benedictions. And in the second verse, he says, Nam Namakari Bahuda, you've given so many names. Nidjasarava Shaktastratapta, and in each of those names you've placed your spiritual energies. Tavakripa Bhagavan, this is your mercy. Mama Durdaivam, Idvishamihajanilaga. But my misfortune is that still I have no attachment to them. So notice this Tavakripa Mama Durdaiva. You know, there's a there's a contrast. Your mercy and my durdaiva. You've given all this, and still I don't appreciate it. I can't really understand all these things. I, you know, this is my durdaiva. And so that that sets up for the next verse. How, what to what to do about that? Trinada pisunichena. Well, you should realize that this is your mercy and this is my durvaiva, then I should feel uh, like the straw. Trinada pisunichina. Uh, I should feel like that, lower than the straw in the streets. And then Torarivasuhishnuna, like a tree. Uh, that's that's um, uh, that's that's tolerant of everything. Uh, you just sit there in all kinds of weather. Uh, uh, somebody comes and chops you down. You don't protest. And gives all these examples of the, the tree as an example of, uh, uh, of uh, just putting up with everything, you know, not seeking a vengeance or something else. Manina manadena, not expecting praise from others, but willing to give praise or respect to everybody else. Manina manadena. Then he says, Kirtaniya Sadahi, that Sadahi, that's the that's the cure for this my Dordaiva, my misfortune, is develop these kind of qualities. So that the the uh, path of Krishna consciousness then is the opposite of the path of the material world. It is the path of humility. Whereas the material world is the path of pride, the God projects everybody has going on, uh, to lord it over others, to control others, to get esteemed one way or another, uh, and come to a big position, uh, to make yourself monuments, uh, to be remembered, all these other kind of things. This is the path of, uh, of, 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 of pride, and the world works on that. So we're going the opposite way. We're going the opposite way. And, and, and 
so we should see that 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 we are pursuing this path of humility. And if one the trap is that if humility starts to increase, you become proud of your humility. <laughs> 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 it's always there, ready to jump on you, <laughs> and and of course, people have made shows of humility. Uh, you know, they make sure other people know about it and uh, whatever. We've seen we've seen that in all, all kinds of places. Mm-hmm. But this is the, the uh, 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 this is actually any theistic religion. If you're dealing with God. You, know, you should understand. You know, you're, you're humble, and and when that hum- humility is there, then love for for Krishna uh, increases uh, more and more, and, and that's why people pursue it. Any theistic religion is there, and that's why uh, Frederick Nietzsche criticized Christianity for being a slave religion. You know, he thought there was a master. Uh, uh, ethos and the slave ethos, and that the Christianity was the uh, religion of uh, slaves because they sought out this this kind of humility. But actually, um, it's it's not out of uh, re- resentment or uh, 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 anything like that, that, that you really secretly envy what the Master has and want it for yourself, uh, as he thought. It's the fact is, is, is that why devotees seek out humility is not for the sake of humility itself, but when humility increases, love for Krishna increases. It's in proportion. And what devotees get a taste of is the advancement of feelings of love for Krishna, and therefore, the, the, the sake, seek out uh, uh, humility. And, and uh, so this is what's uh, uh, exemplified in great devotees, including Lord Chaitanya. He really explored it very, very much. When people, his ecstasies, I, I, mean, I have epilepsy, <laughs> would say to people. And and and, uh, uh, and and this was also exemplified, by the way, by by Srila Prabhupada. There's a famous. He was giving a talk on his spiritual master's appearance. Day, I think that how he said that that when I was a young man, my spiritual master told me to go to the West. But I got so entangled in family life and business affairs, but I couldn't really do much until old age came. And then I thought, well, let me let me try something in my old age and see what happens, at least in the tail end of my life, the fag end of my life. He says, I could do something to satisfy. So let me try that. So I tried a little bit in that way and came to your country, because he's speaking in America, and came to your country, and I couldn't do much then, but then you started to help me. And now because of your help, I'm actually doing something to satisfy my spiritual master. So I really have to thank you for this. And then the lecture ended because he just started crying. You know, That was, that was his f- feeling. 
about about himself, uh, uh, and this this these are the the exa- example that 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 we see of great devotees. I want to just read one of the uh, verses in the uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita. This is the beginning of uh, uh, Anshalila, first chapter. Uh, uh, this is Krishnadas Kaviraj, another guy in his old age trying to do something. <laughs> I can't barely see my hand is shaking. I'm trying, trying to write this book, he says. He says, Vaigunya Kita Kalita Pashunya Vrana Pidita Danyarnave Nimagnoham Chaitanya Vaijam Ashraya. He says, I am infected by the germs of material activity. Uh, kita is a, a little worm or a germ, tiny insect. Uh, uh, and and, and, uh, and uh, he bites these kalita. I'm, I'm being bitten literally by the, these little germs of material activities. By shunya rana. And I'm suffering from the boils of envy, he says. Uh, uh, Therefore, falling in an ocean of humility, dainya arnava, nimagna, being submerged in this. So this is what I am. I can't do anything, but somehow or other, you know, I'm being helped and this is something happening. Uh, to this, then he says, Chaitanya Vajram Ashra, I surrender to Lord Chaitanya, who is a Vaija, a physician. <laughs> he is my, my, my doctor to cure all these diseases. Uh, so this is, this is uh, and this Dainya Arnava, this ocean of humility. Uh, so this is our path, and it's really, you know, we're in America. Uh, this is the greatest nation on earth, right? <laughs> a whole a whole country is based on uh, on this. So we really are the, are uh, have to inoculate ourselves from this kind of uh, uh, um, uh, uh, mentality and. Uh, uh, p- pursue this this uh, path of humility uh, and follow here in the footsteps of uh, of uh, uh, Krishnadas Kaviraj Taitanya Vajam Vajam Ashrayam. Let, let him uh, 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 heal me from uh, all these uh, material activities and and envy, so that I can. Uh, serve him properly and uh, serve the devotees. So this is how our movement will go on uh, if we can we can uh, follow this un-American path uh, uh, <laughs> uh, that uh, that uh, is uh, is necessary. And when it happens and. Uh, suddenly you start to be able to to do things because Krishna actually uh, is there ready to help 
and ready to guide and give direction and uh, we, uh, we take it and, uh, uh, and in this way we d develop. You notice if you read through the last chapter of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, uh, it describes what Lord Chaitanya is feeling uh, uh, when he recites these prayers. And the, the, the second one, this dainya appears, humility appears. And as he goes on, it increases lamentation and humility. Doesn't sound like fun, does it? <laughs> but as, as he gets deeper and deeper, and as you advance toward the steps toward Krishna Prema, these things increase more and more and more. And so that's why ultimately one seeks those things out to, to help, because, not because you like them for themselves, but just that they... Uh, and then in the very last ones, they're, they're almost overwhelming, but at the same time, Krishna Prema is also there, both first in, in union and then in separation. Uh, so that that's the those of us who are insiders <laughs> in this process. This this is really what uh, what w we should cultivate, and which would give us empowerment to do two things: become Krishna conscious ourselves, and give it to others. And that will satisfy Srila Prabhupada very much. He'll think <coughs> what he has done has been worthwhile who want to spread his movement. Lord Chaitanya helps those who want to spread his movement. And Prabhupada himself had the desire to spread Krishna consciousness really early on. Mm -hmm. And it, it seems to me that he, he presents himself as someone who was entangled in family life and business. Mm -hmm. But his real desire. Yeah, all along he had that desire. Yeah. yeah. But you see that his life from early on until very late was really marked with so much struggle and opposition, it seems. Mm -hmm. So, how, how, are, how, are, how are we to understand that? That if we have that desire also, we shouldn't expect it to be so easy. Well, you, I, 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 the, the point is to be in the right frame of mind. I mean, Prabhupada, he got that order, and then he he started uh, really, you know, the first thing he did, one of the things he did early on is he had a big, big career ahead of him, you know, as taking over this whole pharmaceutical industry, and he he didn't do it. He had, by then he was married, six children. You know. He felt that was an obligation he had to take care of properly. So he, he, he did that. But he took a, a kind of distributorship, a small position, instead of uh, the big one. Which meant, if I understand what goes on in India properly, his whole wife's family became his enemy. Because your marriage is arranged on the basis of your prospects, <laughs> and he like, you know, he did what he was obliged to do, but he really reduced it a whole lot. So there's you know great big social position he would have had at the head of it. 
because the, the Bose was was like so his you know his, his life became his real enemy and things like that and and he tried to pursue Krishna consciousness and he eventually he got uh, you know, he did get initiated and and, and, and uh, then, then after Bhakti, uh, then, then he started uh, helping out with uh, when he was assigned, when he was doing business in Bombay with the Bombay temples, you know. And he said he was his his, his godbrothers considered him a rotten householder because you know the big thing Bhakti Siddhanta you know really started mats again and, and sannyas was like the big thing and. And he was a householder, so he kept very, think, kept very uh, uh, again. And then he just did what he could, you know. Started writing back to Godhead, practicing in English, yeah. practicing writing in English, because he said you just spread the message. This was his first and last instruction to preach in Krishna in English, because he went to an English language college. He knew something about. So he practiced. He was rehearsing, and then he did it. And the other thing I have to say is that Krishna's in charge of timing. I mean, uh, and sometimes timing doesn't work. Bhakti Siddhanta sent missionaries to London in, in 1933. I mean, that was the same year Hitler came to power in Germany. I mean, all hell was about to break loose, you know. But they tried; they did something, and so there was some uh, solid. But, but it was, it, you know, pause for World War Two. And then when Prabhupada came, uh, he just happened to come at the right time and the right place at the right moment. Who would have thought? You know, when he ended up in in New York City, and uh, some people started to come around him, that there was these right people here, and uh, you you know, Prabhupada would, would I mean I, I mean many people in the Gaudiya Mat would have looked elsewhere. They were looking like him when they went there to London for aristocratic, most educated people that thought that they had such a high product that only those could take it who were real, like really culturally advanced. Those are the kinds of people that Ban Maharaj was trying to cultivate. And he still did. He came in 72. Ban Maharaj came and gave a lecture at the University of Toronto, you know, to a bunch of graduate students. That we you know, high class people. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was his his still carrying on his mission. Yeah. Prabhupada, this is who they sent, and and uh, he, uh, he 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 okay. I'll this is where they come. That's what I'll do, and that's the one that turned out to be was not what you would expect. You would not expect the mantra rock dance to be a big thing for spreading Krishna consciousness, but it turned out that way. Huh? So, I mean, Krishna was just in charge of timing, and then Prabhupada just saw what was developing, and he just went with it. So, you don't know what Krishna's plan is always. You might be surprised. And for ourselves, 
Um, I, I think that, that for our own spiritual advancement, I mean, first of all, one should always be increasing one's service, whatever it is. It should be increasing. And then if we have that, you know, the next step will become manifest. And you won't be able to see what Krishna wants. If you see what Krishna wants all the way, you'll just go, <gasps> maybe, you know. <laughs> so you just take it step by step and, and have faith in Krishna. And if, if we look at ourselves and see what we need to do to advance in Krishna consciousness, take one step at a time. And, they say in Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, one day at a time, <laughs> and uh, and he helps. We'll, we'll see that. And uh, and you know, it looked maybe that he was keeping Prabhupada on ice, you know, for a certain amount of time until you know the time was right, and uh, then the fulfillment came. And we, one doesn't know sometimes. Uh, you, you may talk to Krishna consciousness about one person, and you may not see that person ever again, but that person, something happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So we do the best we can, and we keep on making advancement, and we get used by Krishna. But Prabhupada always remained very, very humble, and he understood now that that I'm not doing anything, but that, that somehow or other Krishna's doing all this for me, sending all these people, things are getting done. Uh, and uh, he used whatever business skills and organizational skills he had, which were considerable, to, uh, uh, to, to really organize the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. When I wanted to ask you a question. You were there right at the beginning, you know, yeah. pretty, pretty much. Did you ever think what he had in mind, you know? <laughs> there was a bunch of kids in the, in the storefront. Yeah. <laughs> we thought this was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess somebody told me it was not at Baran that when this International Society for Christian Conscious, they what? <laughs> International Society? <laughs> when was the first um, Korpanima that you celebrated? I mean, was it right in the beginning? No. I mean, we just first heard about Lord Chaitanya more or less with the teachings of Lord Chaitanya, that yellow book that came out. Yeah. And that was the first time it was really emphasized. And 
There was another thing Prabhupada did, he put out those little books like Teachings of Lord Caitanya and Nectar Devotion, because he didn't know how long he was going to live. Yeah. He had the heart attacks on the way over, he'd gotten sick and gone back to India, cut his health. Thought maybe people were thinking he wasn't going to come back. Sadamani will, or uh, Sadamani Prabhu, will. Mataji Prabhu. <laughs> Prabhu, Prabhu. She'll do the Arctic when the feast is ready. It's just now coming. But, what, you know, it'll all happen by one which is the target for the feast. Can I ask a question? Uh, can, are we done with the discussion or I just wanted to ask? Something? I don't know. Okay. Depends if... She has another question. Yeah. Well, I, I was just... Um, I, I, you finish what you're... I mean, I don't know if you're... No, that's all. That's okay. the general, you know, target is one o'clock feast and those other things happen before that. So, my question is, is uh, maybe I'm s just really slow, but um, I was thinking how it seems like we have, you know, the movement is growing and a lot of the growth comes from people being born into it. And I think you wrote about that one time, um, I can't remember the book, but you were writing some commentary on um, Lord Brahma uh, increasing the population. And you said, well, he was increasing the population one way, but we increased the population through preaching, <coughs> you know. But we see in our society that a lot of the population increasing is coming from people having children and raising them up in Krishna consciousness. But I was wondering, um, so you have this, you know, phenomenon of people just sort of being culturally or almost ethnically Hare Krishna, you know. And, uh, and I was just wondering, because Prabhupada stressed preaching so much and Chaitanya stressed pre preaching so much is that how much can we say that we can identify as devotees, you know, is, is, is preaching intrinsic to that? Is, that? is that sort of part of the identity or the DNA of being a Hare Krishna devotee is that we try to deliver the message or is, can you be like a you know, like what they call a, a cradle Catholic, you know, that you go to church and you go to the festivals and you know, the preaching is not so important to you, and I was just wondering, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, how, how intrinsic or how integral is it to our identities as devotees that we spread the message? Yeah, very much. You don't depend just on conceiving children and expecting they'll become devotees. 
preach to people. what I'm wondering is can you really be can you really consider yourself a follower of Prabhupada and Mahaprabhu if you're not preaching or is it okay if it's just you're saving yourself and that's that no you should be preaching yeah they say he's these, these scholars who studied new religious movements, they all grow through social networks. Mm -hmm. You know, with the counterculture of the 60s, you had a certain social network, and that's where you had kind of an explosion. Mm -hmm. uh, <coughs> in America, we're growing very much through an Indian immigrant population. Which somebody, some people don't like the Hinduization, but you know, come on, that's the social network. Mm -hmm. We have different ones. And uh, I think we're growing maybe more uh, in places like Russia, where it's semi repressed, you can, and uh, China, Manchuria. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, other places too. Now I think I think that even for our own development, one has to have some method. Oh, we've got the internet, all kinds of ways. It's great increase in consciousness, and you can take advantage. But it usually is the social network and that does that mm -hmm. does it. So I think maybe part of it has to do with there was it used to be like sort of just a very few ways that we would spread Krishna consciousness and now, you know, maybe we're not confined to those ways and there are other ways yeah, of doing it. But, I'm a, but, but you know, like, like uh, I became a devotee. I came to the temple the first time because I had a friend mm -hmm. who had a friend at the University of Buffalo and this guy had been a student there at one time, told him about it, you know. And we went to some, uh, I went to this friend's, first time I chanted Hare Krishna. It, it, this, the word hippie didn't work, it didn't, uh, I was a graduate, I was a student, I, you know, a graduate student. I go to this friend's wedding in Palton Village in Philadelphia, the hippie section, you know. And, and uh, we had this, this, this wedding where the guy's a white Jewish guy. Uh, the bride is uh, a very pregnant black woman. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, they got some of the United Church of Christ members to do the wedding, and there was the Taldi King on the altar, and you know, there's other <laughs> things. And a cat. And a cat <laughs> going back and forth across the altar, you know. <laughs> and then we, you know, uh, for the, we smoke a little reaper. We go, and he plays, I want you to listen to this. Uh, and it was a recording of Prabhupada's happening. The guy from Buffalo had sent him, and we all chanted Hare Krishna <laughs> to his record. But that wouldn't have happened if I didn't know that guy. He was a friend of mine from college, you know. 
and uh, that's how, how it spreads, you know. And, and then, you know, go to the temple. Anyway, this is later on. There was a temple in Philadelphia. It wasn't in one. Day. That. But that, that was uh, that was the kind of people that were going. So I, yeah, Papa didn't know when he came to Manwood. He didn't know there was a bunch of disaffected young people who were spiritual searchers. That's what happened. And there, there was, you know, there were people that are interested. There was the Uptown Swami. That was Swami Nikolananda Randa, um, Krishna Mission and the Upper East Side. And I had him as a teacher at Temple University Graduate Religious Studies. He was a, you know, scholar and translated Upanishad, had a PhD. But, you know, his, his normative version of Hinduism, uh, well, what Hinduism was, was, you know, the Ram Krishna Mission version of Shankaracharya. That's what everybody thought Hinduism was. <coughs> they had no idea. And then, you know, the Hare Krishna showed up. But there was another thing that happened, by the way, because that was that uh, the United States government happened to have a lot of money in Indian banks and unconvertible rupees. We gave them loans to India for Cold War business. That, that we had to, the government had to spend in India. So they began to sponsor scholars going to India to study religion. And those people began to realize that, wow, you know, we've been all sold a good by the Ramakrishna mission about what Hinduism is. There's a whole lot of things going on we don't know about. You know? And when, when I go to the University of Pennsylvania Library, there was all these books of Bhaktisiddhanta's commentaries that, that the Gaudiya Mat had published of the commentaries on the Bhagavatam. And they were in the Penn Library and there was a little rubber stamp saying that this was uh, given by this money, this PL4NE money, you know, that the government was giving <laughs> to be spent in India. So that's, that's you know. And I had actually checked out the seventh canto to get to Prajuna so he could carry the rhythm for Prabhupada's work. <laughs> and I was just hoping he'd return it. Because <laughs> I was, I mean, every year, every month I was renewing it at the library. <laughs> but these things happen, you know, it's just like all kinds of things are going on like that that you don't know about. And then, you know, scholars, they, they went to Vrindad and, oh, wow, this is an interesting place. And they started to, to anyway. Uh, so, so, at least this kind is now a mainstream religion. You know? Of course, we get validated as far as Western is concerned because so many, many Indians are congregational members now. Really different from the people that thought Advaita Vedanta was was standard Hinduism. Then there's yoga. It's interesting. Huh? You don't know what's going to happen next. This 
might be a silly question, but is, is preaching only limited to, you know, under the banner of preaching only limited to reaching people who are not yet practicing Krishna consciousness? Because it seems like people get interested in practicing, but then there's this whole other realm of just cultivating those people who are practicing mm -hmm. and helping them along. Yeah, is that sure. still under the banner yeah. of preaching yeah, yeah, or yeah, not? Yeah, You should, you should become Krishna conscious, give it to others and help others. Also. That's also giving. I think the, the, the Sanskrit word that bhakti is derived from means to share. Yeah. Really? Yeah, both. Huh. Yeah, a bunch. Actually, they go through a whole emphasis of it, budge being the root of to serve rather than to worship. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing in our community just that people in general that I've been friends with for years are just like now attracted because there are people studying together. Like they they're like, oh, you're talking about God consciousness? So I think sometimes preaching is just being kind and being a good example. And and then people become attracted. It's not like you have to preach. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it seems like it's a different reach than preaching. Yeah, it's always nice when devotees are people to be around. <laughs> <laughs> Last night's rescheduled, but people were reaching out to us that they, they want to write uh, about Kirtan and they want to interview Kirtaniers. And so, like, it's more like, you know, people in general, they want, they, they want, it's not just like we want to give it, but they, they want to receive it. And it's, it's just so enlivening. And I liked what you said last week that like we can either be a part of it or not, but it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like so exciting. There's such an up uprise of consciousness, and Krishna's at the center of that. Mm -hmm. You realize how far America has come <laughs> toward us. You know, I mean, what about smoking cigarettes, right? That was like the hardest thing to deal with when you became a devotee was like people smoking cigarettes everywhere and, you know. And being a vegetarian is now not that far out of weirdness anymore. It's a good thing. Vegetarian, vegan. It's like, yeah, yeah. you're doing something. I mean, one day, so, you know, people are like, are you going to die? <laughs> and then one day, so, yeah, I'm trying to give up meat too. You know, people just started talking like yeah. that. The, the one, in one of the early Back to Godheads, there was a, a, something written or spoken by Prabhupada's Godbrother Sridhar Maharaj that was published there. And, and, and he said that when you chant, this is what Sridhar Maharaj is saying, the, 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 that's sound. And sound is the, is the tongue mantra of, of space, of ether. Right? It's a subtle form of either. So the sound is not really just a vibration in the air, but it's actually your thoughts or whatever. Mm -hmm. goes into the subtle ether. Mm -hmm. and, and 
the ether becomes purified. Hmm. And when the ether becomes pure, then the next gross element, air, becomes pure, and then water, and so on, solids, liquids, gas, they all, all the elements become pure. So it, it works. It works its way down, mm. down to the from the subtle because subtle things are more powerful than gross things. Now we see the gross and the subtle means less less uh, apparent to our senses, and gross means more apparent. But the subtle are more are more powerful, and creation takes place from subtle to gross. You know, first there's sound, and there's Space. So this, that's what that's that's what he said. It has, has a, this effect. So we've seen like a lot of like very broad kind of cultural changes that we don't see in any way in relationship to Krishna consciousness, but is, it, it, it helps a lot. And even when I first read the Bhagavatam, uh, Prabhupada was talking about the duties of a king is to protect the praja. The, the citizens, and he said that means the animals too. <coughs> and I thought, well, that means animals have civil rights. There was like a real wow. That was a very far out idea. But you know, now they teach it in law school, animal rights, mm -hmm. and even trees have civil rights. And forests, you know, they, you know, I mean, these things have become. It's a big change. It really is. And I, I, I would attribute to things that, that, that Iskhan has done. And it makes these other ideas sort of percolate through. You know, you know. I'm listening to this amazing podcast on plant-based diets and this second generation boy, Nimai Delgada, is the won all these awards in vegan bodybuilding and tells his story of being an Argentinian growing up in Mississippi in a Hare Krishna ashram. <laughs> and, you know, this is reaching masses. He's, you know, he just on his own, his mother and seeing how cow, you know, about cow protection and things like that. He's you know, reaching masses of people at, based on health and bodybuilding. It's like, amazing. I just saw something on uh, Facebook. There's a disciple of Radna Swami. I think his name, I don't know his initiated name, but his, you know, the name he uses publicly is Jay Shetty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were yeah, talking about how he's turned down a million dollar offer to promote some sort of gambling. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he says, if you want to gamble, that's okay. He says, but this is addictive, you know, he says, and I'm not going to compromise my principles, you know, for something that gets people addicted. And they said he's very popular. I, I had seen him a little bit, but I didn't know how popular he was, and I didn't even realize he was he was a devotee until someone specifically mentioned it. So the other the other thing I think that's happening because of this you know, bigger trend that we we're fostering uh, toward our principles it, it is uh, there, there's a kind of um, people going the opposite way. There's a polarization taking place, I think, also. The people that really are against it and really hate it. And 
That's the other thing that's happened. Harmony against what? Against the principles of Krishna consciousness, you know. We also have an opioid crisis, for example. We're not, not you know, we're whole people trying to become free from intoxication. There's a whole other people that apparently there's a, you know, organized effort to keep people in touch, you know, addicts are your best customers. So <laughs> this is what, you know, this is going on. I mean, the opioid, from what I can read, the opioid epidemic was started by pharmaceutical companies. You know, that's, uh, and you know, Especially you're not talking about, you're talking about people in boardrooms, you know, and you're talking about... And especially targeting certain populations. Yeah, I mean, this is like big time demonic. Yeah, that one family, they they uh, they would oh, they would suppress any information coming back that the opioids were addictive, yeah. and they just kept selling them. You know, and yeah. I think yeah, they're in a lot of trouble. So I think that's the other thing that that polarization is very uncomfortable. But I think it's, it's Krishna consciousness, you know, I mean, when we look at the Bhagavatam, it's polarization, the devas and <laughs> the, the daichas, you know, which is, they come from the same family, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to be careful. <laughs> it's in our blood. But, but that's, that's also, yeah. If people's bottom line is threatened, you don't know what they're going to do. Well, didn't Prabhupada say, if, he said, if people understood what I was really saying, I would be killed? Yeah, yeah. I think we're right. <laughs> I liked what you were saying, though, about, you know, just being kind, because I always felt like if devotees were just themselves, you know, I mean, obviously kind, but um, if we were just accessible, you know, just be ourselves, be accessible, then people naturally say, what are you guys about, you know? We're ready for the RT.